tasted that. Num 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 num, eat it up. Go play OK three two one. You know I'm the hottest. You ain't never gotta hit me up. The glory days of the MCU are well behind it, and when Marvel fans now look to the future, unfortunately, it just doesn't seem like there's much worth getting excited about. Now, if you're someone who watches independent entertainment commentary like we do on this channel, those statements don't surprise you, and you likely agree with them. However, that is not been the narrative that the mainstream media has been pushing, right? For so long, Marvel has kind of been the golden boy franchise. They could do no wrong. Not only were they backed by Disney Megabucks, but they were also part of advancing the message. I mean, do you really think Access Media is gonna be out here criticizing one of the franchises that has been at the forefront of diversity washing existing characters in order to please really their own ideological biases? Of course not, right? Well, we have a new piece out from Variety that has me believing that things might be changing. The article, which is a really long one, by the way, we're gonna be going through some parts of it, but I recommend you read it in its entirety if you haven't already. It's actually pretty interesting. A lot of stuff we've already covered on this channel but still, it's worth going through. It's titled Crisis at Marvel, Jonathan Major's Backup Plans, The Marvel's Reshoots, Reviving Original Avengers, and More Issues Revealed. And attached here, we also have an image that's already almost going viral, with Variety asking, is Marvel in trouble? Disney's biggest hitmaker will need to flex its muscles to overcome superhero fatigue, and the Marvels won't be the answer. Yikes, and again, none of this information is gonna be a surprise to you if you're someone who watches this channel, you follow banning into comics, like geeks and gamers. Erotic, the quartering, like we've been talking about this for a while, but still, you know things are bad when even variety is kind of pointing to your demise. The article starts off by talking about all the legal trouble that Jonathan Majors has been going through. And I did just do a video kind of updating people about that case uh, earlier this week. If you haven't seen it, I recommend checking it out. But as this article explains, Majors was already a big presence in the MCU, including as a scene-stealing antagonist in February's Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. And he has been positioned as the franchise's next big thing in this season of Loki, particularly in the finale. It says it sets up Kang as a titular star of a fifth Avengers film in 2026. And so Marvel's is truly F-worded with the whole Kang angle, says one top dealmaker who has seen the final Loki episode. And they haven't had an opportunity to rewrite until very recently because of the strike. But I don't see a path to how they move forward with him. Next, the article goes on to discuss the Marvels, which at this point we all know is sure to be a disappointment. Really, why do people even bother reading the mainstream media anymore? YouTubers and bloggers have been talking about this for months. It says beyond the bad press for majors, the brain trust at Marvel is also grappling with the November release of the Marvels, a sequel to 2019's blockbuster Captain Marvel that has been plagued with lengthy reshoots and now appears likely to underwhelm at the box office. And when looking back and trying to pinpoint when exactly the MCU started its fall from grace, this writer, like I think a lot of us, points to essentially the aftermath of Avengers Endgame. I mean, first off, there was COVID, which didn't really help anybody in the entertainment industry, but still, we've also seen Disney Plus launch since then. And a lot of people might have before said that that was going to be a huge boon for the MCU because it's like, hey, not only are we releasing all of these Marvel movies, now we also get to do series. But I think at this point, we can all agree that instead of actually enticing fans to be more into the MCU, things like the different Disney series, they've actually just turned people off because we're now oversaturated. It says that according to Disney's original plan, there would never be a lapse in superhero fare with either a film in theaters or a new television series streaming at any given moment. But the ensuing tsunami of spandex proved to be too much of a good thing. The demands of churning out so much programming taxed the Marvel apparatus. Moreover, the need to tease out an interwoven storyline over so many disparate shows, movies, and platforms created a muddled narrative that baffled viewers. Another Marvel issue that this article talks about that we actually haven't really mentioned much on this channel is is, uh, is what's going on 
with with their VFX department. But I feel like it's just objective fact. It is it is simply known that Marvel is no longer bringing their A game when it comes to the VFX. I very consciously remember watching the first episode of She-Hulk, which admittedly was the only episode I, I really watched all the way through, looking at her green face and thinking to myself, this looks bad. This looks like sci-fi television movie from the 2000s bad. If you compare the type of CGI we're getting from Marvel now, even to things like Pirates of the Caribbean, like what, over a decade ago, it just, it doesn't make sense. We've gone downhill. As this piece tries to contextualize, quote, Marvel's entire VFX battalion, including staffers and vendors, is struggling to keep pace with a never-ending stream of productions. This past February, when the credits rolled at the premiere of Quantumania, shock rippled through the Regency Village Theater in Westwood over some shoddy CGI. There were at least 10 scenes where the visual effects had been added at the last minute and were out of focus, says one veteran power broker who was there. It was insane. I've never seen something like that in my entire career. Everyone was talking about it. Even the kids of executives were talking about it. It's also written that the year 2023 was the straw that broke the camel's back, says former Marvel Studios VFX assistant coordinator Anna George, who appeared before the Congressional Labor Caucus. To testify about the studio's untenable deadlines and working conditions, the pay and long hours at Marvel were the reason we had to start our unionization process there. The conditions were completely un sustainable. And it's funny because speaking of how bad the VFX in She-Hulk were, this article actually specifically mentions that. As an example, it's written that in the original arc of She-Hulk, the flashback of star Tatiana Maslany's transformation into her Hulk character didn't take place until episode 8, the penultimate episode, but after Marvel's brain trust watched the footage, it realized the scene needed to happen in the pilot episode so that audiences could see more of the character's backstory early. That meant that the VFX team was tasked with fixing the mess in post-production. The so-called bad VFX we see was because of half Fake scripts, says one person involved with She-Hulk. Those issues should be addressed in pre-production. The timeline is not allowing the Marvel executives to sit with the material. But that's not a surprise to anybody. We've all been talking about how poorly written She-Hulk was and just how terrible it ended up looking. But what I do find interesting is that it's explained here that even though She-Hulk was poorly written and didn't look great, it still caused Disney just so much money. A single episode of She-Hulk cost some $25 million, dwarfing the budget of a final season episode of HBO's Game of Thrones. That is just insane to me. And when you look at She-Hulk as a final product, which was poorly written, had terrible CGI, even if it wasn't the, you know, the artist's fault because they were trying to pick up slack. I mean, ultimately the final product doesn't look good. Audiences didn't like it. Most of them didn't even watch it. Let's just say if I were an executive at Disney, the people who were behind the show, they would never work for me again. But all this kind of brings us to the question of what is up next for Marvel. Uh, this article does talk about the possibility of either recasting Kang, getting rid of Jonathan Majors, or perhaps trying to pivot to a different character as the next big bad entirely. I mean, if you look at how much of a buildup Thanos got to get everyone hyped for Infinity War and Endgame, it's just not possible at this point for them to give that much backstory to whatever the next big villain is. It's basically a given that whoever the Avengers are fighting next, we're not going to care about him or her, I guess, as much as we did Thanos. This article does though float an interesting rumor that's apparently out there of something that Marvel might try to get people back in theater seats. That's actually bringing back beloved characters that they had previously killed off. It says with Bob Iger publicly acknowledging the downside of a Marvel TV glut that diluted focus and attention, the keepers of the comic book empire are considering some dramatic moves. Sources say there have been talks to bring back the original gang for an Avengers movie. This would include reviving Robert Downey Jr.'s Iron Man and Scarlett Johansson's Black Widow, both of whom were killed off in Endgame. In comic 
comic books, beloved characters are often killed off only to be resurrected thanks to the power of things like the multiverse. But the studio hasn't committed to the idea. If it were able to bring those actors back, it wouldn't come cheap. Sources say Downey Jr.'s upfront salary for Iron Man 3 was around $25 million. Now, on the one hand, as someone who used to be a pretty diehard MCU fan, I have to admit that seeing Robert Downey Jr. back and Scarlett Johansson back, that would be pretty cool. Like I would definitely go see that movie. But also on the other hand, I think it's safe to say that would just reek of desperation on Disney's part. Bringing back Iron Man, bringing back Black Widow, that would basically be a tacit admission that, oh yeah, all these new characters that we tried to introduce, like Captain Marvel, like Shang-Chi, like Lady Black Panther, it's basically admitting that, okay, audiences we know don't really like them as much. So we're gonna backtrack and try to capitalize once more off of when we were more competent. Like I said, I still would see that movie though, but it also raises the question of if it takes that much money to get Robert Downey Jr. into the film, is it even worth it at that point, even if more people go to see it? I mean, we've spoken before about how much money it's costing to make these movies. It seems like they're just burning money over at Marvel and we may be at a point where Robert Downey Jr. wants so much money that it's just, it's not feasible from a budget standpoint to get him back, even if it does slightly or somewhat increase ticket sales. In any case, as always, I would love to know what you guys think about this. Do you think that the Marvel has started its final death spiral toward obscurity, or do you think there's a chance that they come back swinging, perhaps, maybe, by bringing back characters uh, like Iron Man, like Black Widow, hey, maybe Chris Evans as Captain America, who knows? multiverse, anything can happen, right? Let me know down below. And if you enjoyed this video, please be sure to like, share, and subscribe. Until next time.